Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Ephesians chapter 5 is what we're going to be at tonight. Like I said, I've preached out of this chapter before. I don't think I've preached out of it here that I remember. I know I've taught out of it before. And every time I read Ephesians or Colossians or the book of James or Hebrews over again, I pull something a little different out of them each time. And this week as I begin to start over, if you will, going back to the basics and just beginning all over again. I began to read some of this and it hit me different. A lot different. And it's not a bad thing because if we read it and we don't ever get nothing different out of it every time we read it, we're not doing it right. Something's wrong. Because the Word of God is alive and well. And it's active than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. But in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 3 is where we're going to start at. And uh, y'all hear me so much quote verses 1 and 2, but I want to want to focus a little more on the rest of this chapter. And we won't get through it all tonight. I'm going to try to do this over the next couple of weeks, but we're going to start at verse 3. And it says this, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not covenant, but rather giving of things. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now, the first time I read that, I was like, you know what? If it doesn't bring honor and glory to God, I don't want nothing to do with it. And I still don't. Um, I like to cut up and I like to have a good time, but you got to have a limit to those things. Um, and, and when I say a limit, you, you can't you can't wear two hats at one time. Does that make sense? You can, but it's not very comfortable. And it doesn't, you look plum silly trying to do it. So try to imagine blending in with the world wearing that hat and being a Christian while wearing that hat. It doesn't look right. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, especially at work, I'll tell someone, hey, that was a little too much, you know, and I'll just, I gotta go. You know, I, that, that's me. I don't want to be around it. But at the same time, I've been away from work, away from, been around other Christians, and some of them are just bad. And I'm like, holy smokes, what are we doing? You know, there's nothing wrong with laughing and cutting up. I love to have a good time. I love to pick. But at the same time, you've got to have a limit. Got to. And when I say you've got to have a limit, it lines up with this right here. You cannot be a part of any of that. Can't be, be a part of filthy talking or, or jesting that does not glorify God. You know, I, I hear people all the time say, God's got a sense of humor, and I believe he does. But at the same time, I don't believe, and again, that's my opinion, 100% my opinion, he's got to have a sense of humor, he created me. 
But at the same time, he's a serious God. Very, very, very serious God. He's not a God to, to make fun of or light of. Be not ye therefore partakers with him. So that's when it comes into the chance for us to separate ourselves. Doesn't mean that we're better than anybody. Because we stand there and listen doesn't mean we have to laugh and take in and start participating in filthy talk or filthy jokes or stuff of that nature. Young boy goes to school one day and his teacher just happens to be a Sunday school teacher at school too. And he standing around with his little buddies and he tells a joke that was very unclean. The teacher looks at him and says, where'd you hear that from? He said last night at the cookout, your husband dug it. These kids are watching us every step we make. And they listen. Little Annie, if she knows it, she's going to tell it. Abby is the same way. Kids are kids. Why? Because they don't understand the concept of, well, if you said it, why can't we say it? And, and here's the thing, I, I see this all the time. Parents will post a video of some of their kids on, on social media saying some of the most disgusting, filthiest things, and the parents laugh about it. Then as they get older, they want to correct them and don't understand why they have behavioral problems that they do. You allow it. What do you expect? It goes back to the Word of God when it says, raise up a child the way they should go. And they shut up apart from it. If you raise them up in it, that's all they're going to know. We have issues, and I, and I think everybody here would agree with this, we have issues when it comes to knowing when to separate ourselves from some stuff. We don't think nothing about it. Well, that's not too bad. It's just a joke, you know. And we laugh it off. But really, with it just being a joke, Think about the level of it. Does it bring honor to God? No. Not all jokes, though. God's not a joke, for one. Now, does this mean that Christians should be walking around, straight face, never smile, never laugh, never enjoy life? No. That means that we need to watch what we say, how we say it, when we say it, and what kind of attitude we have when we say it. You know, Daddy always said you can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar. He always said that. Now, I know I've heard some of y'all say it a little different, but that's what Daddy always said. And I never understood that statement until the older I got. And, you know, if, if we're constantly in those circles or around people who talk filthy, Sooner or later, you're going to talk the same way unintentionally. Now, how is that possible to talk a certain way unintentionally? It's very possible. I've been around people that normally don't say stuff, not even an ugly word woman. And buddy, before long, I've been around a group of people and you just hear it. It may not be nothing major. All of it's bad, but at the same time, that's just casual conversation. 
been around people that their favorite words end with start with a G and end with a D. And I told one of them one night, I said, man, I ain't be around when God, or one day, I said, I ain't be around when God starts answering all your prayers. What are you thinking? I said, you done down everything you got. He didn't talk to me for a long time. But I tell you what, he watched his mouth around me, too. And I hear people say, well, they're just words. Verse 8 says, For ye were sometime in darkness, but now are ye the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Hmm. If they're just words, then we were sometimes in darkness. Now we're the children of light. Why would we still talk like we was in darkness? Following? Why would we entertain thoughts that were not of God? Somebody asked me one time, they said, you say you don't watch a lot of TV. Why is that? Because I ain't found nothing worth watching. We've got some faith-based stuff that we watch. Don't get me wrong. Carrie, she watches some of these, uh, I forget what it's called, Uplift TV or something. And it's a lot of good Christian, moral, family-oriented stuff. Then there's other shows that claim to be that way, not on the same channel, that she's like, well, maybe this would be pretty good. And she'll pull it up, and it'll be just vulgar. And they call it, you know what they call it now, y'all? They call it dry humor. I call it filth. You want to make somebody with dry humor, hang out with me for a whole day. That's dry humor. We don't have to be filthy and disgusting to have a good time. Because you know what happens in the darkness when you can't see nothing at all? You stumble and you fall. You trip, you get cuts and bruises and bumps and bangs. Have y'all ever got up in the middle of the night? And you know your house better than anyone because you live there. But you get up in the middle of the night and you're walking through and all of a sudden, bam! That's where that night stands at. Walk into the kitchen, bam! There's where the kitchen table's at. Or be walking through through the kitchen in your belt loop. And I know this is not, I'm not the only person this has ever happened to. Your belt loop gets hung on the, cab, the cabinet handle and jerks you back about six feet. I tell everybody, don't use knobs and don't use pointed <laughs> And that's why. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that there's things that happen in life that make you take a deep breath. But y'all, that's when you literally bite your tongue and clear your thoughts. I had to do it this morning as soon as I got up. My legs don't work too good in the morning, Mr. Jimmy. I literally have to wake up and sit on the side of the bed for at least five, six minutes before I even try to get up. Seriously. I will get up, and if I get up just instantly, I will be stumbling, wobbling. I can't, it takes no minute to get my balance. So the privilege of having two very bad knees. Some of y'all can relate to that. But I'll get up and I have to sit there for a minute. 
And that goes back to a lot of what we was talking about this morning, being still and knowing that he's God. So I'll take that five or six minutes first thing in the morning to spend it. You know, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting me wake up. It's going to be a great day. Thank you for all that you've done for me and my family. Lord, continue to bless our church. Continue to bless the people there. Continue to enlighten them and help them grow. I'll pray for all of y'all. First thing in the morning, everybody here gets prayed for. Every day. But that doesn't keep things from happening. Right? It's how we respond to it. And I really wasn't going to get into all that tonight. That's just where we were starting. But y'all, this is where I'm going with it. Verse 8 says, For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Here we go. And have no fellowship. Okay, follow me here. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever so doeth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake that thou art asleep and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, when I read that, it jumped out at me like a flashing light bulb. And I got to thinking about it. Uh, I'm going to say this. Social media is not going to like me for a couple of days. Be ready for it. We've got men that don't believe they're men. We've got women that don't believe they're women. And we've got people behind the pulpit who claim to be preachers accepting sin. We have a problem in the church. Not the true church, but in the church. So-called church. Discerning what sin is and what sin isn't. That's a problem to me. A major problem. We, we have people who say, let's teach our children that it's okay to be however they want to be, how they feel. If they feel like they're a girl, let them be a girl. If they feel like they're a boy, let them be a boy. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a woman who is a, a doctor. I don't know really what you call a baby doctor, but she was a baby doctor. I'm not the most, I'm not a very intelligent guy when it comes to doctors, okay? I'm not a doctor. But her simple explanation of this is this. You can't change whether you're born a male or a female. Once you're born a male, you are a male. Once you're born a female, you are a female. There is no way biologically to change that other than having a procedure done. But guess what? Even having that procedure done does not change your DNA. Not even a little bit. And they're teaching this to our children. We have ran into this problem in our very own denomination that says, hey, we have a problem defining what sin is and what sin isn't. And God moved in that situation and, and brought division. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but come to bring division. We've talked about that many, many times. And he will. You can't, you can't fellowship with sin and call it okay. 
You know, I, I hear people say this all the time. Well, my definition of sin and your definition of sin are different. No, they're not sin and sin. What is sinful is sinful. It doesn't matter if you put a, a picture of a brand new, fresh baked apple pie on the front page of it. If the inside is contained full of filth and disgust, it is sinful. Did you know that there are people out there to this day who say, you know what? Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah shouldn't have never happened. Huh? So you're saying that the Word of God isn't aligned with your belief and that you disagree with it. How can you call yourself a follower? I heard somebody say that this week and I'm about about fell out. It shocked me. Shocked me to the point of, of disbelief because how in the world that would be like me saying, Jack, there's no need to put a motor in any vehicle. You should be able to take the motor out and still continue to drive that thing. That makes no absolute sense. It's impossible. Everybody jumped up and down. Well, you know, I mean, he said, Lord, what? Will you spare it if you find one righteous man? Oh, yeah, I'll spare it if I find one. No, I'll find ten if I find. I'll spare it if I find one. But no, there were none of you righteous. Not even one. Gone. Then here goes Lot and his wife running, you know, trying to get out of there. Don't look back. What does she do? back. Why did he say don't look back? Why don't you look back at something that, that you've been delivered from? Apart the blood of Jesus Christ. And we see people doing that every day. And it's not that they don't know. Some of them may not. I'm not going to say all of them do. Don't know. There's a lot of people who do not know that once you're born again, you are free. Because Jesus says what? Whom the Son says free is what? Free indeed. So why live as a captive? Why live as a slave to sin? Why? The Bible tells us not to put a slave under righteousness. Gets deep there. But in Ephesians, we're looking at it, and he says, don't even, don't even make mention of those things. Don't even worry about those things. Don't focus on those things. Focus on what's before you. The race that is set before you, because why? You can't run a race for somebody else and expect them to win. You might be able to encourage them along the way. You might be able to encourage them. You might be able to uplift them, help them keep hydrated, but you cannot run their race for them. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves, get this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then we get into submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head, the wife, even as Christ 
is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, the church, listen to this, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ. And we always, as pastors, especially doing weddings, we go to that next part and we forget to look at something there for ourselves as pastors. And it says, Therefore, as the church is a subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and, and everything. And we, you know, we talk about how the, the, the wife should allow the husband to be the, the spiritual leader of the home. And, you know, that, that he is the one that needs to, needs to make sure that there's prayer in the marriage and in the home. Needs to make sure that there's, you know, the words being read in the home. And we forget one thing out of all that. <laughs> when he says this. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, y'all look, he is the leader. We are the followers. We'll say that again. He is the leader. We are the followers. What we want to do oftentimes more than none is we want to take the reins and we want to drive the wagon. And have you ever noticed when we try to drive the wagon, we always blow a wheel off that thing? Then we want to say, Lord, what happened? I don't understand. You know, we were doing the things that we wanted to do that we thought that you would be proud of. Well, no, if it's not what he wanted us to do, why are we doing it? It's great to have ideas and it's great to do things, but y'all listen to me. If it is not realistic, we do not need to have a part of it. Now, I'm not saying that as in this, you know, oh, Jack, you know, just using you as an example, Jack says, hey, look, y'all, we are, we got the land over here. Let's go over here and build a small little one-bedroom house. Wouldn't take much to build it, you know, da 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 And that way, if somebody in the community needs somewhere to stay, they had it. That's realistic. It could possibly work. We might be able to do that. Let's pray about it and see what God leads us to do. Okay. Or Jack says, you know what, y'all, we got the land over here. We need to build a $25 million mansion on that thing and just give it away. One, I don't know where he's going to get the $25 million from. Two, I would almost bet that we wouldn't give it away. Why? Because we, and I'm being serious, here's why. We have a concept. We've got too much invested in it. Key point for tonight before I get ready to close. Because I told I told myself I won't keep y'all long on this. Key point, you ready? He's got too much invested in us for us to continue to act like the world. Y'all, I'm and Miss Andre, you are too, and Dubby is. We're all around people who love to cut up every day. But if they don't know our limits, will be surrounded by theirs. And I have to say, I work with some really good guys and some really good ladies who are respectful and kind-hearted. How they act around away from me, I don't know. That's my them and whoever they're around. But I do know this. When I'm around folks, they're respectful and they're kind-hearted. Why? Because they know I'm not a stick in the mud for one. Because I love to cut up and have just much fun. But I'm not going to tolerate plump foolishness and perversion. If it doesn't honor God, I don't want no part of it. And I would hope you don't either.
There's, I'm not telling you to walk around here and, you know, stone cold face all the time and never smile. Because if you never smile, how would you know the joy of the Lord? Amen? Love y'all. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.